The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. And it is a Thursday at noon here at the Star in Frisco, and that can mean one thing and one thing only. Everson Walls is in the parking lot and (laughs) headed this way. Bill Jones with Mickey Spagnola as we preview Cowboys-Giants, and this is like a Wednesday for the team because it's a Monday night game this week. And so if it's Wednesday, they are – Returning to practice, they, mm-hmm. it was a walkthrough yesterday, right? And they are indoors, so this must be an important game. Oh, there you go. And or is it because it's ninety nine degrees, degrees outside <laughs> on the first day of fall? It's like ninety nine <laughs> degrees. What is the temperature out there? It is unbelievably hot here in Dallas, Fort Worth. Uh, well, mine says it's, it's ninety, and it feels like a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, anyway. Welcome to Dallas. Yes, it, it, uh, it's it usually cools down a little bit by September twenty yeah. second, yeah, though. Absolutely. All right, I just can't wait. Everson is going to be walking through the, that door here momentarily, and uh-huh. so do you have a fine and uh, a in fine for him? And I, I, I think yeah, we start need to collect right. There you go. He's got to throw a party for us. There, there you go. All right, we, we're going to have a special guest like here at the Brian, bottom of the hour as yeah, well. Yeah, John Schmelk uh, of the Giants. We've had him on several times. He's there. He's got a neat title. It's managing producer for radio and TV. But he's kind of like us. <laughs> but he's got a title. So Giants.com? Yes, okay. yes. And the radio and All right. TV. and. Oh, look who showed up. Oh, look at here. There he is. What's happening? Yeah. Once again, he has texted ahead and let us know that he would be walking good. Boy, did I make up time or what? He said 12.01. Yeah, right. but before that it said, what? Hey, be on time. <laughs> I believe I've heard that voice actually tell me that. That sounds like uh-huh. Parcells. Okay, so this, yeah, he's actually told me that before. Uh-huh. This is a good transition to get you out of trouble. It was a... um, Rob and I were just talking, and, and, and I don't know how we got on it, but oh, I know what it was because Kenny Galladay with the Giants, he's, yeah. he's moaning that they're not using them. And, you know, and I said something about, well, it's like a new staff, right? You, you get a new staff and a new GM. They're not obligated to what guys did ahead of them. And I was like, well, where did he come from, Rob? I forgot. He goes, Detroit. I go, oh, yeah, new staff, new GM there wow. too, right? Yeah. And, and so I said, yeah, it's kind of like Parcells when, when, when he got here in 2003. And, you know, he – coach and got the old well not the old but the same gm yeah. you know whatever the owner and i remember him saying something about the quarterback position it's like well you know he goes we're gonna have other battles i'll let them have that one we'll we'll go with quincy carter yeah right so it just i said what quarterbacks were available that year in his first year okay the cowboys right how about this Elite list. <laughs> now, the first one, which the Cowboys didn't have the first pick in the draft, was Carson Palmer. Mm-hmm. The next one at number seven was Byron Leftwich. Yeah. 
The next He's one. He's a good at, offensive coordinator. And soon right? to be head coach, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, the next one at number 19 was Kyle Bowler. I remember that name. Mm-hmm. I know. They were the only three quarterbacks drafted in the first round. The next one, you had to go all the way to the fourth round, number 110, Seneca Wallace. Yeah, that's my dude. It's your dude? My, my sister-in-law used to date his uncle. <laughs> I met him. I met him. He's there from a pilot point. In, right out there. His, pilot his, point. his people. In, 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 yeah, his people okay. there. And his mom lives there. Okay. And so, yeah, I've met him more than once. He's a, a very – remember how much he used to have to scramble around? Yes. He was almost like a little friend talking to him back there and, and Kyler Murray. Because he was with the Seahawks. Yeah. They were the ones that drafted him. And they didn't have what, much. And wasn't he from, like, Washington, like University of maybe? No, Ohio no. State. Ohio State? Iowa State. No, Iowa State. Iowa, Iowa State. State. That's right. Big 12. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yep. And, okay. Uh, and uh, a Cowboys coaching assistant as well. Seneca Wallace. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. Because he he had connections, connections with because he was with Green Bay for a little. Right. Bit. Yeah. 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 And then after that, it's Brian Saint Pierre, Brooks Bollinger, Gibran Han. I just <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Hamden. Yes. <laughs> and Ken Dorsey, who I think I just saw. It was a college game I was watching. He was the offensive coordinator uh-huh. for somebody. I don't remember who, but I was, remember his name. I said Ken Dorsey. I, that's the kid from Miami, right? Didn't, they, didn't they have a band? Wasn't <laughs> 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 uh, that Jimmy Dorsey? Yeah. <laughs> and he is actually the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills now. Oh, Buffalo. Wow. Okay, so it wasn't college. It yes, was, it was Buffalo. Yes. Anyway, in fact, that's one of the big things, the big story items, which relates to the New York Giants because Brian Dable was right. the offensive coordinator last year with the Buffalo Bills. He's now the head coach of the Cowboys' current opponent. See, and we're so, tying so, all this so, together. So Galladay is, is is upset. Yeah. He's not getting enough yeah, time. He's, well, he, he's a good receiver. Yeah. I mean, I remember him doing good work. But when, you, when you're with the Giants' offense, I mean, I think they're still number 31 in passing. Yes, Still, and I mean, when I looked at their at their roster, I was like, "Well, if Galladay's not got a bunch of catches, who's the leading guy?" And is some, Tony still there? It's some guy. Named, yes, yeah, and he's got something. He's always he's got always got something, right? Some guy named James is their leading receiver. Richie James, Richie who James. was with San Francisco. Okay, it's not a lot of catches. It's like ten, maybe. I think. Yeah, he was out last year, and so we did not see him in that playoff game mm-hmm. in January with mm-hmm. uh, the 49ers, but he signed in the offseason. Okay. Uh, and he's got, uh, I think he had five catches the first week and five catches the second week, too. That would add up to 10. Yeah. Right. I got it. He's also their punt returner. <laughs> okay. And now, he's, he's got a few years in the league, too, I think. He uh, was a seventh-round draft pick of the Niners in 2018. So five Richie James. Five years. In, in, in what year? 18. 18. Oh, yeah. We stayed for a minute. See, we got this thing back to the mm-hmm. Giants. Yeah. I, you know, I, I really, for them to be in first place, and I know it's only two games, but uh, that lets you know their running game is strong. Well, well it was, it was the strong first game against Tennessee. Yeah. 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 Barkley in the first game went for 164 yards on 18 carries mm-hmm. with six catches for 30 yards uh, this week. It was, you know, twenty five was like seventy. Twenty one for seventy two for yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. 
and three catches for 16 but yards. But they're doing kind of like, hey, we're going to force this running game on you. But he's going to lead the league. He leads the league in rushing, so. Um, probably rushing attempts uh, as well. He'll probably lead the league in rushing attempts if he, if he stays healthy. Yeah, I was going to say that. 39, 39, 39 carries in yeah. two games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just if you go watch the game against Carolina, though, an opening kickoff, Chuba Hubbard, a return man for Carolina, mm-hmm. coughs up the football. So they got a very short field and they wound up being a field goal. And then second possession, fumble. Uh, Giants recover. They can't move the ball. Take a field goal. It's six to nothing. And then at the very end of the first poor, half, poor Baker. Yeah. Well, at the end of the first half, then Daniel Jones drops back to. I mean, there are twenty seconds left in the half. I mean, just run it out. It was a six-six game at that point, and Daniel Jones throws a ball to the sideline, and there is a linebacker, Frankie Luhu. Who is standing Who? standing <laughs> right there? I mean, it is Frankie Luhu, and there is nothing, nothing between him and the end zone. It goes right, but right off his hands, out of bounds, and so it would have could have very easily been a Carolina thirteen to six lead at halftime, and then they wound up taking the lead, uh, I think sixteen to nine in the third quarter, and the Giants came back and won by three. But right. that it just goes to show. If the Panthers don't cough up the football a couple of times, yeah. and it was a running back and a receiver game. who did it, all right, the, the Giants weren't moving the ball against them offensively. And if they do get that pick six, I mean, it, it could have easily have been a what a you know sixteen nothing game at or it could have been yeah it could have been easily thirteen nothing right. at halftime. Right. So. And then they they can do what they want to the rest of the game. We, so the Giants talk, are living right here. We talked about this last year. The difference between losing a game and winning a game sometimes is just a matter of two or three plays. Mm-hmm. And this is coming from the best team or the worst team. And that that's where we, that's where the Cowboys ended up being in the second part of the season. We kept letting those two or three plays get away from us, usually because we put ourselves behind the eight ball with penalties or turnovers. If you look back at last year for the Cowboys, and I, I look back in training camp, and I don't have my notes in front of me, but every single one of the Cowboys' losses last year, they fell behind by 10 or more points in the first half of the game and mm-hmm. then had to rally from behind. And then I mean, that's where, where Demarcus Lawrence during training camp was talking about the importance of the first 15 plays of a game, right. the, those scripted plays. And uh, so that got me to going back and doing the research on it. And sure enough, if you go back and look at every single one of the losses last year, including the Niners game, it was falling behind in the first half that put them behind the eight ball. Or falling behind 30 to nothing by Denver. I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't the first half. Yeah, it, that's oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, it, by. I've been I've been noticing, you know, watching uh, some of the shows where, you know, everybody's got to have a big mouth these days, right? <laughs> I mean, they just have to. That's the only time they get get sponsors. That's the only time people listen to them, and everything. Everyone speaks the loudest on Dak Prescott, and someone had to come and and just really put things into perspective. Um, you know, he has one bad game after last year and, and even the year before, before he got hurt. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, during the eighth week of the season, two years ago when he broke his leg, he was still like the leading passer 
in the NFL. Am I right about that? It, it's quite possible. Yep. Fifth, he was fifth. He it was, was the fifth. No, there fifth. Was, no, it happened in the fifth game. But he's saying by the eighth game, oh, his stats he was were still. still yes, he was still yes, the yes. leading passer. And 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 so you have these guys who don't know what the heck they're talking about. Running backs, you know, linebackers. They're, they're saying he doesn't know how to make the progressive steps. I saw that, and that is so silly. To say something like that for someone that had so many yards, so many touchdowns. And, and last year, his quarterback rating yes. was third. Come on, man. Third best. Come on. Let's just and stop. And he nearly completed 70% of his passes. Let's just it stop. was 68 point something. And 37 touchdown passes, mm-hmm. which no quarterback in franchise history has had that. Thank you. That was the most. And only 10 interceptions, I believe it was. Yeah, that was it, 20 interceptions. I got it memorized. And you had, uh, uh, God, I can't, his name is uh, Ochi, Ochu? No, Sam Acho. Acho. Acho, just, he just broke oh, it down. Oh, it's Emmanuel. Oh, Emmanuel. It was Emmanuel. It was Thank Emmanuel. Thank Sam was He's from this area, brother. correct? Yeah. He's from this area. Yeah, yeah good, good kid. St. Mark's and good kid. UT. And, good kid, yeah. good kid. Yes. And he, he said, look, I'm not a Dak Prescott fan. But he just broke down. It's like, let's be honest. Yeah, he broke down the plays. He, he broke I, down I the plays. That. I saw that. And it, it reminded me of what we were saying. It was the same thing that we were saying about sometimes just bad play calling. You know what I mean? The third play of the game, you know, we tried to trick play because that's what made me think of it when you're talking about scripted plays. Yeah. Obviously, that was scripted for us. It didn't matter where. They didn't we, just pull it out of yeah, their hat. Yeah, that, like, I mean, hey, was, let's right. try this. And, you know, and scripted is cool, but I don't think that was scripted properly. Right. Because if you're going to keep running the ball, running the ball, and you have that success that you had, let's take a pivot. We, maybe we don't need to follow the script. We just ran. We just got first down. Get off the script. Play. Right? Get off the script, and then we'll get back into that maybe on the other side of the 50-yard line. And then it all falls on Kellen Moore's lap, right? Yes. And you know darn well they had a meeting, right? Yes. And they go, okay, let's script these plays. And, that, and The head coach is in on it. Right. The quarterback coach is in it. And they must have seen something that said, okay, let's try this here. And and, and it, maybe it would have worked, but the guy misses the block. I think somebody pointed out they used that same play maybe two years ago, mm-hmm. and it worked. They, yeah. It was a big game. Yeah. And so it was like, okay, let's try mm-hmm. that again. So, what yeah, it just gets on your nerves sometimes. You're talking about picks, okay, and Dak, 10 picks last year, okay. He's done a really good job of taking care of the football, mm-hmm. and with a lot of touchdown passes, thirty-seven and a lot touchdown of pressure passes in his face. What quarterback leads the league in interceptions since the first game last year? Since the first first game, game last, last year, year. yeah. Burroughs. is Burrow. Matthew Stafford. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> Matthew Stafford. He's got five picks already this year yeah. in two yeah. games. He had 17 last year in 17 God, games. Dang. So in his last 19 wow. games, he's got 22 interceptions. And they're on Dak's case. Man. You think he can read those progressions? <laughs> well, I mean, right, but well. Burrow, Burrow has 18 picks in his last 18 games. Okay, we Are we overemphasizing interceptions? These two guys well, went to well, the Super Bowl. First of all, it lets you know <laughs> Matthew Stafford and the Rams, they ride the ship uh, uh, as they got closer to the Super Bowl, uh, mm-hmm. close to the playoffs. And I've always said this about timing. When are you at your best? When are you reaching your peak? And Cincinnati is the team to consider 
when you talk about gelling at the right time. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is exactly what they did. Because they finished 10 and 7. They finished right. 10 and 7, but they, was, it, they were trending upward right. towards the end of the season. And then played well in the playoffs. That's right. That's mm-hmm. Even though they were like, Even though still, interceptions, slaughtered. sacks. I mean, you know, that's why to me, you got to be tough. You just got to be tough. You can't say, okay, we scripted the plays. Man, that play didn't work. Oh, my God, we got to go off script. Oh, well, here we go. You know, well, I'm panicking now. There is, you can't panic in sports. Not if you want to be on the winning team. So, speaking of quarterbacks, I just saw this. Um, Fields, the Bears quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody asked him a question. In, nice shirt, by the way, bro. You like that? Yeah, man. We That's a get... freebie. It, it is. <laughs> a star on the sleeve there. It I is. got one of those in my closet, too. <laughs> it's probably in the bathroom closet somewhere. It's from several, several years I un- ago. I unearthed it. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, Fields, I guess after the game, said something, or maybe it was, you know, I think it was after the game, and he said something like, you know, yeah, all the fans feel bad. They don't feel as bad as we do. Mm-hmm. You know, we work hard, you know, something like that. Well, everybody got off on him because he he kind of – what he said was we work hard. You know, the fans aren't working – many meant about football. Right. Well, they all took it as, oh, he thinks we don't work hard in our lives. Oh, you shut know? up. And, and he got he, – I guess oh, he got grief. Up. So now he had to come back and explain oh, what man, he was saying. On. And then at the end – the quote was, well, I guess I learned I have to be uh, either more clear on what I say or maybe I just don't say anything. And Sometimes I said, that's, things, what, that's what we do to the quarterbacks. Just, Eventually they figure that out. Well, you gotta don't realize, say anything. You got to realize you're dealing with a lot of crazy people out there. Let's just be, let's just be real. I'm like Larry David, you know. Should everyone vote? <laughs> I love the commercial. No, we shouldn't let stupid people vote. Should everybody vote? Yeah, that's, that's come on. Should, should everyone vote? No, that's not why we're doing this. I learned that long time about, about quarterbacks. Just don't say anything. Right. Say something, but nothing. Without, yeah, you can say, there you go. I remember. There you I go. remember that's why Dak talks the way he talks. It was uh, a playoff. Troy talked the way he talked. <laughs> and Romo talked the way he talked. It was a playoff game. Uh, at Cleveland in in the 80s. So Kozar was the quarterback, and they got beat. And uh, everybody's waiting for Kozar to talk, right? We're in the locker room, and he's meticulously dressing what is back to everybody, and he knows there's 20-some people there waiting, right? We've all been there. And so (laughs) he he finally turns around, and he goes – all right, let's get this done. Just like that. And I'm going, okay, this is not going to go well, right? <laughs> and, he, and they asked him question after question after question, and he said nothing, right? It was just m- bland. Bland mm-hmm. as bland could be. And I said, oh, so this is what quarterbacks That's do, what right? Because, you know, what? I remember Danny White, you know, he didn't say anything after games. He talked, but he didn't say anything, mm-hmm. right? And now, you know, he'll talk to you forever yeah, about stuff. Yeah, you'll know certain stories now that you never would hear back yeah, in the day. And, but, but, Jay yeah. Novacek was purposeful. Oh, yeah, same I mean, thing. He would he would say nothing, and it was with with a purpose. Yeah. If, 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 because his locker was right next to Michael Irvin's. And, you know, Michael never met a camera he didn't like. And, <laughs> and so – Jay was the polar opposite as far as interviews Jay would go. just sit there and kind of yeah. shake his head. Like, <laughs> I can't believe this. You uh-huh. know? Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. And, and you know, Troy learned the same thing. That's why when he went in 
to broadcast, and everybody goes, oh, he's so boring. He's not going to be good. I said, do not judge his personality. Right. And Romo right. is like that, in too. If you, of, yeah, if you go back and camera, look at exactly. Romo's interviews when oh, he was a Cowboys oh. quarterback, I mean, it puts you to sleep. And but you, so could, every- you could still tell, even with that, there was a big difference between Romo and, Tone, and, uh, and, and uh, Troy. You know, in regards to just personality. Yeah. Right. I think you can still see yeah. Romo's personality through yeah. his intentions. Yeah. With Troy, you knew that was Troy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then when you got him away from the camera, then it was a whole different <laughs> a whole different story. Uh-huh. You get the real story. It yeah. does kind of look weird to see him smile sometimes, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa, he's, he's, he's actually a happy guy. All right. We continue with more Mick Shotson again at the bottom of the hour at 1230. com to preview this Monday night matchup. Mick Shots back in a moment. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. We paid how much for those lessons? Shh. She's doing great. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, Can you pass me a Pepsi Zero Sugar? (sighs) Great job, honey. Oh. Oh, look at that. That's not the end. No way. Now it's time for the encore. You know what? You're right. Five times? Not enough times. For everyone who traded in rock concerts for their kids' recitals, you've compromised enough. Pepsi Zero Sugar. That's what I like. <sighs> Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. You hear that? I'm a torrential downpour. Torrential? What's that even mean? It means you can't see out of your windshield. And if you have the wrong car insurance, you might have to make it rain to fix your bumper. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar & Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back, back to mixed shots. K-Post Roofing and Waterproofing, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. From corporate homes to your home, have your roof checked by choice, not by chance. Call now, 214-225-4860, kpostcompany.com. 
Okay, Mickey Spagnola, I want an update uh, on Mike McCarthy and what he has to say about this team as we had a press conference this morning. We did. Um, it sounds like Michael Gallup's getting really close to being at least a participant in Monday's game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wouldn't say it. You know, he's basically will make that decision on Monday or Sunday. Um, but he did point out, you know, we're not going to if he if he does play, he qualified it. You know, he's not going to go out there for seventy plays. We'll kind of integrate him into the uh, into the game and uh, not give him too much. But it sounded like there's a chance that he would play, and it sounded better than fifty fifty. I, I don't know if you listened, but just me reading between the lines. Um, I think the other guys are still out. Curse McGovern. Schultz, they're going to take it up to Monday, um, but I don't know about that one. I still think they cleared that roster spot for a reason mm-hmm. by releasing Dennis Houston, who I didn't say anything official on, but I saw somebody reported that he cleared waivers. He did clear waivers. I know that. And they yeah. signed him to the press, mm-hmm. the, the practice squad, or they were going to. Yeah, the plan was to. plan was to. And – uh, Micah Parsons supposedly has a cold and is not practicing today. Hmm. It's 99 degrees outside, and he got a cold? That's crazy, isn't it? That's the worst time to have it. You know what it is? It's I mean, I Allergies? Run into this. No, I run into this at work. Not this work, but my other work. Yeah. It is so cold in that in the building, room, and right? then you go yes. outside, and it's 100 degrees. It's a change in temperature. Well, walk down <laughs> the hallway And it's here. cold in this building. Today. Right. And it's still hot outside. I know it. Jeez. Yeah. It was killing me at this event I was at this morning. The feel yeah. like Jeez. was 100. Yeah. And the Cowboys have re-signed uh, Mika Tafua to the practice squad. Oh, they the did? The edge rusher from Utah who was in training camp, and the, he had got picked up. I can't remember what team picked did him up. Did they just do that? And, yes. Okay. Uh, they just re-signed Mike, Mike, uh, Mika Tafua. I liked him in they uh, did preseason too. games. And I, I hated to see him. So they had a and That's an example of a, there's a guy – they got picked up by another team, and then they're doing their own roster maneuvers on other teams, and he becomes available, and so he's signed to the practice squad. So they had a spot, or did they have to create one? So my, uh, I, I have not heard. I just uh, – what Michael Gelkin has reported, that he they have re-signed defensive end Mika Tafua to the practice squad. You think, do you think this being a, a late game, Monday game, that uh, that allowed Michael to, to maybe participate? Uh, Maybe if it was a Sunday game, it, he wouldn't. But but he, he was only going to get the same amount of practice this week. Are you talking about Gallup? Yes. Okay. Yesterday was just a walkthrough. Mm-hmm. So they would have their normal three practices. And if, you know, I think if he gets through it well, then especially the padded one. And as McCarthy pointed out, which I think everybody forgets, tomorrow will be a second padded practice since last year. You know, he didn't go through training camp. And and as I try to remind everybody, you don't want to be Chris Godwin or the the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with mm-hmm. Chris Godwin when you brought him back for the opener and then he pulls a hamstring. I know. It's not the knee, though. No. Yeah, knee's good. <laughs> knee's good. It's the rest of it's it. It's the rest of it that has to adapt. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Jason Peters. You know, he, he hadn't had pads on till last week since the last game of the season last year. And they looked heavier. 
So, and it's not about any injury. You just got to get your body ready. And uh, Dennis Houston is back on the practice squad. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Uh, You know, just with what the Cowboys did with Dennis Houston, I mean, here's a guy that played 60 snaps the first two games of the year. I mean, he was their third receiver and able to get him through waivers, get him to the practice squad. This is going on all around the league. These. Player personnel guys like Will McClay, they need raises with the right. new rules. I mean, it is amazing it is. how different it is in the NFL now where you have the comings and goings on injured reserve with all the new rules with the expanded practice squad, and you can put veteran guys on the practice squad too and everything. I cannot ima- imagine uh, what the workload is on Will McClay and his crew right now, just keeping up with everything. With every other roster. Right. And, that, and, and you can imagine what it's like for the Cowboys. They make this decision. They want to keep Dennis Houston on this roster, and they've got to weigh, when they look at their entire roster, what player has the least chance of getting picked up by another team. Well, that guy was an undrafted guy, and so other teams probably, you know, he's a rookie, he doesn't have connections in the league with other coaches, and so people don't know about him, and so there's a better chance he can clear waivers. And if you look, just look at the waiver wire this week, there are probably a half dozen other teams that have Dennis Houston's on that. Were, <laughs> no, you said it yesterday. Were, you said everybody's got a Dennis Houston, uh-huh. and you're right. And, and maybe not to the extent that Dennis Houston was actually played 60 right. snaps the first couple of games, but they have guys they like, like the Cowboys oh, like and, Dennis and Houston. At a wide yeah. receiver position. Right. I mean, we talked about it when they, they cut Malik Davis, the running back, Yeah. right? And my point was everybody's got a Malik Davis mm-hmm. in training camp, mm-hmm. right? Somebody that stands out and – but. Undrafted, but, it, but it's even more so. This is the first year where it it is really a got to be such a mind-boggling process for that person that player personnel why, why staff. Why just this year? Why? why because more so than the last couple of years, because you had the COVID restrictions the last couple of years. Now they had expanded the rosters, but players had to go through COVID protocols yep. to come into your building and mm-hmm. so forth. Now. They're free. They're going, blowing and going. The Cowboys had six or seven guys out here for a workout yesterday, and it's just so that they know wh- where they are in case they have a need. Would you call or, that just uh, back to week? normal? It's it's back yeah. to normal. Yeah. yeah, it's back to normal. But what is not the old normal are the new rules, and so the, with the expanded practice squad, you can have up to six veteran players on your practice squad, and uh, and the injured reserve rule where you can. You know, you have an unlimited number of players during a season who can go on injured reserve for the four weeks and then come back and play. You know, shoot, you go back ten years ago, there was nobody you could bring back. No, no. Three, you think that you think and, they're and, dealing and, with some type of algorithm? And three years ago, <laughs> they it was to bring so one. Two, and, I, I think it yeah, was two. Finally. But they started with one, and yeah, then they expanded it to two. two, and now it's free reign, yeah. just like what baseball has, which it it needed to be. Yes, that's right, especially. I mean, it was crazy this, when you've invested all this money in all these players, and you had you know a guy has a you know a two month injury, and okay, he could be back in November, but we couldn't hold him on the roster. And then it for changes two everything. It's like dominoes. Yeah, that's right. And once something happens, because there's only so long you can carry a guy that's injured. Right? And then yeah. there, and then as what we've seen with the Cowboys here, 
there's a, these three or four week injuries. It's the okay. The the time on injured reserve is four weeks. Well, Dak's got a four week injury, High and Curse has a four week uh, injury, yeah. and McGovern has a yeah. four week injury, and so you have to make that decision the first week, or you have to make the decision that you're keeping him on the 53 at that point. Otherwise, it's not retroactive like baseball, where where you if you have a guy who missed a game in baseball, you can go back and make the disabled list ruling. Uh, you can make it retroactive to when his last game was. It's not like that in football. And you know you what else, make the decision well, now. Your doctor, your trainers and doctors better know what the hell they're talking about mm-hmm. because right, everything's right. going to be based on what you tell me your diagnosis right. is. Like, for instance, let's just say, take Curse, for instance. They decide uh, he's still a ways away. It's probably going to be four weeks. Well, or it's going to be three weeks from now, which is going to go past that injured reserve four-week time. Well, if you put him on injured reserve now, now he's not going to be available until week Seven, you know, you gotta so. you gotta figure it out. And the reason they had all these rules was because back in his day, they were abusing the IR list, <laughs> coming up with phony injuries, and then they only had to be you know out for a couple of weeks, four weeks, I think it was, and then you could bring them back. So they were it's stashing. called a loophole. This stashing, it's called okay. a loophole. Do we want to keep hearing from Mickey, or we'd like to hear? Let's from go to John when we come back in just a moment. John Schmelk will join us, and we'll hear all about the New York <laughs> Football Giants. We paid how much for those lessons? She's doing great. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, Can you pass me a Pepsi Zero Sugar? (sighs) Great job, honey! Oh. Oh, look at that. That's not the end. No way. Now it's time for the encore. You know what? You're right. Five times? Not enough times. For everyone who traded in rock concerts for their kids' recitals, you've compromised enough. Pepsi Zero Sugar. That's what I like. (sighs) Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. You hear that? I'm a torrential downpour. Torrential? What's that even mean? It means you can't see out of your windshield. And if you have the wrong car insurance, you might have to make it rain to fix your bumper. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back, back, to mixed shots. Limited single-game tickets for the 2022 Dallas Cowboys season at AT&T Stadium are available now. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash tickets or SeatGeek.com, the official ticket provider of AT&T Stadium. Okay, it's time to go behind enemy lines here <laughs> on Big Shots. Bill Jones, Everson Walls, Mickey Spagnola, now joined by John Schmelk. And John, first I'm going to read off your Twitter bio, uh, podcast Uh-oh. host. And I don't know how long long ago it's been since you uh, updated this. Podcast host, reporter, producer for at Giants, Giants.com, play-by-play, sideline for NEC Sports. What I, the reason I'm reading that Brooklyn-born, bred, Knicks-Yanks fan, reason I'm reading this, John, is because the last word on it is cranky. So <laughs> that's how I know how how well you and Mickey get along. I'm friends with Mickey, of course. Come on, man. We're all these Cranky. That's yeah, the way it goes. It's the, the Giants version of Mickey Spagnola. He does everything. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about these New York football Giants. They got to be undefeated. Uh, yeah, the undefeated 2 and 0 Giants. Yeah, first time since 2016 the Giants have started the year 2 and 0 and, and frankly I think it's the first time since 2016 they didn't start the year 0 and 2. So uh, this has been a, a pleasant surprise. Uh, wins against the Titans in Tennessee. Last year's number one seed. Now they were helped by a missed 47-yard field goal. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers here. You take the win and you're happy. And then they beat Carolina last week at home. Now the teams, I think there are five other teams that are that are 2-0. and The Giants have by far the lowest point differential of plus four. So they've won two very close games. And they've done it by running the football. And they've played pretty solid defense. They're only averaging 20 points per game. So it's not like this is some high-flying offense here. But they've won it like old-school Giants football, running the ball, playing good defense. And so far, they've come away with two victories. They'll try to do it again on Monday night. And, I, and, I, and what I bet you guys also think is going to be a kind of like a old-school, drag-it-out, grind-it-out type of game. So, John, winning the first two games, what has that done, I think, for the energy uh, in the locker room with a new coaching staff and you get off to a start like that? Well, you guys, you guys know how it goes. Whenever you get a new regime in, everyone's happy, lollipops and sunshine, and everything's great. And so you start playing games, and you lose a couple, and then you're like, oh, no, oh, this is, oh, baby, this, it's the same. So I think when you win the first two, I think it does reinforce everything the new regime has been, you know, talking to these guys about and the way they've coached them in the offseason. And I think it, it just gives these guys a lot of confidence that what they're doing is working. It reinforces everything the coaches say. So I do think in that way, it, it, it's a real good start to, to tell the players what they're doing is working and it motivates them to continue to you know follow the program and do what the coaches are telling them to do. Yeah, I would think that Saquon's health really does make a difference, uh, of course, yeah. between last year and this year. Uh, Jones didn't have to carry the load and, and get knocked silly uh, against the Cowboys like he did trying to run touchdowns. He can hand the ball off now to Saquon. And you know, Everton, that, 100%. that way he, you know, because he is a very, uh, uh, God, high-spirited young man, it seems like. And he has a lot of pride. Sometimes that pride gets him into a lot of trouble uh, with interceptions and, and having collisions with players that he shouldn't be having collisions with. Has he gotten any smarter? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually funny. Uh, Brian Diebel has not been shy about using Daniel Jones in the run game. He really hasn't. Uh, 
he's still using them. You know, Daniel Jones sealed the game last week against the Panthers with a uh, naked boot. They decided to run the ball for the first down. That sealed the game. So, look, he's going to run the ball. And he's a big guy. Like Daniel Jones is 6'3", 220. It's not like he's a small, slight guy. And he's fast. He he's kind of fast, from. too. And, and, yeah, and he's fast, absolutely. But he has taken some hits, and he has not been able to stay healthy. He's missed, I think, five games out of uh, each of the last two years, five in each year. So, you know, it's something that has to improve. So, yeah, but they're not afraid to use him as a runner, but you're right about Saquon Barkley. I mean, Saquon Barkley put this team on his shoulders in week one and basically won the game on his own. He had a 60-yard run. He had a 30-yard run. Then on the game-winning two-point conversion, there was a linebacker that had two linebackers, really, that had him dead to rights in the backfield, and he made both guys miss to to score the game-winning two-point conversion. So his health, and he's really the most explosive player on, on the offense. He's their big play guy. He has made all the difference early in the year. All right, a couple of defensive guys I want to ask you about. One is, and it's the health status of both of them. One would be Leonard Williams, and the other one would be the first-round draft pick, Kayvon Thibodeau, who uh, suffered a sprained MCL, I think it was about a month ago right now, in, in August 22nd or so. Uh, is there a chance Thibodeau plays Monday night, and what about Leonard Williams? Yeah, I think Leonard Williams, probably not. Uh, he hurt his knee last week. He's day-to-day, but Brian Dable labels everyone day-to-day. Kayvon Thibodeau's been day-to-day for a month. So <laughs> I, I don't think Leo's going to go, but it looks like Thibodeau and also Aziz Ojolari, their other edge rusher, who was their second-round pick in 2021, who had eight sacks last year. Uh, both those guys practiced and did team reps yesterday. So that's a pretty good sign that both of them could be ready to go on Monday night. So I think there's a good chance Thibodeau and Ojolari go. Thibodeau, I think, is maybe a little bit ahead of Ojolari. I think it's doubtful Leonard Williams is able to go, which really is a big hit. He's probably their best defensive player. So that could be a problem for them. And I'm going to ask you guys, how about Michael Gallup and Dalton Schultz? Are they going to play? Michael Gallup. We're not talking. (laughs) (laughs) I think Michael Gallup is getting closer. They haven't uh, definitively said yet. Uh, So it's one of those things, John, see how he does going through practice this week. Because this will be basically his second uh, full week of practice since, uh, since the surgery back in February for his ACL. So um, it, it looks like he's getting closer. Schultz, I don't know about that one. He's got a sprained PCL is what's been reported. Uh, so we need to see what goes on there, which is somewhat problematic if he can't because the two other tight ends on the 53-man roster are both rookies, a draft choice, Ferguson, and then Hendershot, a free agent uh, rookie. So uh, that's a little bit of a problem for him uh, if, indeed, uh, Schultz can't go. So, uh, and this may be a silly question since uh, Barkley ran the ball so well, but one of the things I think we all knew that the Giants had to improve on was the offensive line. So how do you think they've performed after these first two games? Their run blocking has certainly been better this year. I don't think that's even something you can debate. Uh, in years past, Saquon was getting a handoff and he had a guy or two just waiting for him in the backfield. It's been better this year. Uh, Andrew Thomas, is playing like a pro bowler, all pro level left tackle. He's kind of really rounded into form in his third year. He's been great. Uh, rookie Evan Neal, their other first round pick, he was the seventh, uh, fifth, uh, what was he? He was seventh overall. Um, playing right tackle. 
he he's played well um, for a rookie. I think you, you could probably equate his performance to what Tyler Smith has done for you guys. You know, they've had some had some reps that you, you would like a little bit better, but overall, he has not been a, a big issue. Where the Giants have struggled the most is pass protection on the interior of the offensive line. There are two guards. Uh, Mark Lewinsky, and then Josh Azudu and Ben Bredesen are rotating the left guard, and their center, John Feliciano. They've given up a lot of pressures the first couple of weeks. So if you want to pinpoint an area where you can kind of get to the Giants and on the offensive line now, their pass pro inside the first two weeks has been problematic. Okay, Michael Parsons appreciates that. As What's the scene going to be like uh, there on uh, Monday night? Two and zero, and understand it's a whiteout, and you got guys going yeah. into the Ring of Honor, and Everson wishes he could be there. <laughs> what's, what's it going to be like Monday night? Yeah, look, and then Wink Martindale, the Giants' defensive coordinator, spoke to the media today, and he was like, "Yeah, you guys did a great job last week. The fans, you got to come out, you got to bring in more." So, and usually the evening crowd on a Monday night. You know, the Giants have a bit of an older season ticket base and fan base, and I think, you know, Sunday at 1 o'clock, it's an older crowd. But I think a younger, more vociferous crowd will come out on a Monday night. I think it's going to be pretty loud. I think the fans are going to be into it. It's going to, they're going to try to make it difficult for Cooper Rush to communicate. You know, they can call to the line, audible, things like that. I think the crowd's going to be into it. And you mentioned, yeah, we have uh, at halftime into the Ring of Honor, you have Otis Anderson, uh, Joe Morris, Rodney Hampton, three running backs, uh, a couple of, uh, Teammates of, uh, of Everson, Leonard Marshall is going in. Ronnie Barnes, you ran the medical department. Ronnie, Ronnie's the dude. Well. That was my guy. He used, Ronnie, to, sh- he used to shave my no bunions question. for me. He used to shave my bunions for me. Shave them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I had to have my feet taken care of, man. Ronnie was my dude. <laughs> How do you exactly. shave bunions? You know, you just it was the corns. It's just, you know, the corn on the toes. You got to shave oh, them off. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm that exact fun. type of See, stuff is why you know. Ronnie's going into the Ring of Honor. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is the kind of information you get on mix shots, okay? <laughs> in fact, I, I, I think in the Giants' license call, it'll be Ronnie Barnes, shaver of bunions. I think that's going to be on the podcast. <laughs> 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 so it sounds like they're making up for lost time with all these guys going into the Ring of Honor. Yeah, look, you know, you know how it goes with COVID. You're not right. many people in the building, so they have to get a couple of years without putting guys in. Oh, boy, I looked this up. I think the last two guys to go in were a few years ago. So, yeah, they, and I think once they took one of the running backs, you know, either Otis, Joe Morris, or Ronnie Hanson, they want to take the other two because all three kind of had a similar impact on, on the team. So, you know, you know how it goes. When you have a long and story history, you always feel like you're leaving somebody out, and it gets really hard to, to figure out who kind of goes into those things and who doesn't. Hey, I got, a, I got a quick story for you about Parcells in this similar situation. He comes to, yeah, let me hear. He, he comes to Texas Stadium in 1986 with the Giants. We just happened to have picked the uh, 25th anniversary team at halftime for the Dallas Cowboys. According to rumor, he's talking to Maurice Carthon. They're in the tunnel. Watching us celebrate the 25th anniversary, I happen to be one of those guys. I'm still in uniform, and so we're on the ped- we're on the like the podium and all that kind of stuff. They said the Parcells got so upset. Hey guys, they're having homecoming on us. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, we were winning at halftime, and that rallied the troops, and the Giants came back and kicked our asses that day. <laughs> Hey, guys, they're having homecoming on us. Come on. <laughs> Sounds like Everson was going to. And then Lauren Taylor came out in the second half and probably killed everyone, right? That's right. 
Fire cells, you gotta love them. You got some parting words there, Mick? I, I think I'm good. That was great stuff from John, as always, by the way. All right, we appreciate it, John, and uh, enjoy the game Monday night. Should be fun. No, no, do not enjoy oh, the game right. Monday night, John. Sorry. Right. <laughs> appreciate it, guys. Appreciate cranky it. northern version of Mickey signing off. There you That's go. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> cranky John Schmelk. Cranky John. <laughs> All right, and we're out of time here on this edition of Mick Shots for Cranky Mickey Spagnola mm-hmm. and Everson Walls. I'm Bill Jones, and we'll talk Talk at you again tomorrow at high noon. Go Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!